look forward to retirement and avoid the pitfalls. Keep listening for ways to maximize your retirement income. More Than Money with the Popowich Carmelli Advisory Group, CIBC Woodgundy, on News Talk 770. Welcome back. You're here with Dave and Faisal on News Talk 770 and More Than Money. Did a segment last week, Faisal, um, on marijuana. Yeah. So it's become an interesting topic uh, and a contentious topic in a lot of respects, from the medical aspects to the recreational aspects to the investment aspects of this, right? Man, did we get some emails back for this. It we was did. very interesting. There was a f- bunch of viewers who had their comments about, uh, about that segment, so it was a good thing that we did it because it is bringing different sides of the issues up. Um, one of the key themes of those emails that we got um, was the safety behind product, right? you know, and a whole bunch of stuff. So, you know, we got to talk to an expert and a, and a doctor who knows his stuff here. So Dr. George, welcome to the show. Good morning. Okay, my friend, let's start with the, the number one question we got. How safe is marijuana? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a completely non-loaded question. I mean, I think I'll probably, I'll probably start off by saying, I think most adults that have occasional use find it pleasurable and really don't experience any substantial problems. And so, your question of safety probably is rooted in the fact that adolescents and young adults are the ones that are central in this discussions because people are worried about. Uh, there are long-term outcomes, and I'll um, and safety is a tough one. I'll start off by some facts that are true. In the 70s and 80s, the average THC concentration was about three percent, and as we go into legislation and sort of mass product uh, and the rollouts that have happened in south of the border and us, the average concentration is now 15 percent, and you can get resins that are up to 75 percent. So. I think the listener needs to understand the concentration has dramatically changed. So all the stuff that they read about on the Internet or they do searches, you have to understand that those long-term studies are really based on lower THC levels. Mm -hmm. And I can't really answer yet the safety of these new, higher, concentrated, potent uh, THC that we're about to see. That's very interesting. That's, and the THC, Dr. George, just to be clear, that's, that's the ingredient that gives you that psychoactive or, psych, you know, the, the, I don't know, the pleasurable effect that people get out of it. There's also the, the what is it, the CBD, the... The, um, the cannabidiol the, versus the cannabinol. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you can just help us understand a little bit about the, the, the difference there. I mean, that's right. So the THC that everybody knows about the cannabis, uh, the cannabinol, the NOL, mm-hmm. is the one that gives you that psychotropic, pleasurable feeling that when people smoke, uh, that they go for, uh, that also has some of the medicinal purposes. And then there's a lot of interesting stuff emerging over the last, uh, you know, 10 years and into the future of the non-psychoactive, uh, the right. uh, cannabidiol, which has appreciably no affinity or activity to, this, uh, to the, the psychiatric uh, THC. And that's showing a lot of interesting things in animal models, and people are doing a lot of research. So they both can have medicinal purposes, but one has sort of the quote-unquote high psychotropic right. effects that give you the, the cognitive um, disassociations that people have versus the non. Yeah, I think it's, that's an important distinction um, uh, to make for sure. 
Now, we, one of the questions, Faisal, that we had um, was about the addictiveness and the impairing. You know, how, you know, how does it impair mm-hmm. you and yeah. how addictive so, so let me, is So let me jump in the there, drug. actually, Dave, because th- there, are, there are cases and people using marijuana f- for medical purposes, either for chronic pain or whatever the other concerns may be. Um, one of the issues are you're going to have less pain or you'll be able to help with your, your tumors for cancer and so forth, but you're going to get addicted to this drug. What are your what are your thoughts behind that, Doctor George? I think that's that's going to really give us an idea of where this industry and this this whole concept of medical marijuana is moving towards. Yeah, I mean, so let me answer the second part of it first. There's no question that there's uh, that medical marijuana, if I can use that as a quote, uh, works in certain conditions. I mean, chronic pain medical marijuana has been used for centuries uh, for. For nausea, there's some interesting stuff on pain with multiple sclerosis. And we can have a whole separate talk on the literature behind its use. And by the way, it by no means is slam dunk. So another highlight that I want to say to you guys is the reason why there's good debate is because there is no line in the sand that clearly says, no question, it's superior in this uh, issue versus not. It's I'm talking about the weight of evidence. So to talk mm-hmm. about addiction... I think one of the things that I can be fairly confident in sort of reading and, and talking to my colleagues, that there's no question uh, addiction happens. You cannot um, put a young brain uh, and give them something that affects their neurochemistry uh, that it's not going to be addictive. Nicotine, alcohol, other drugs being other things. Yep. But it's a small percentage. So, you know, the literature kind of quotes you know, 9 to 10% of regular users have, you know, by definition, an addiction, meaning they have withdrawal symptoms uh, from it. And that number tends to go up the more that you use and the earlier that you use. And so if you start as an adolescent, you know, sort of 10 to 12, and uh, that addiction number goes up. So it's, there seems to be a signal that the earlier you use it, the more vulnerable it's susceptible you're going to be to becoming addicted. And that could be the same thing for prescription drugs. Correct. So, so th- this is the this is same kind of an issue, is it not? Uh, no, absolutely. And, you know, addiction is so complicated because it, it's, it's the individual, it's concomitant psychiatric uh, stressors, relationships you have with your friends and your parents, other medical comorbidities like addiction is such a complicated thing it's not very it's not simple to understand addiction so uh you know why does this person uh smoke crack cocaine and get addicted after one and then one person never gets addicted after they've experimented in their youth i don't know the answer to that because it's too complicated and i suspect it is the same reason uh, marijuana uh, has a low level of addiction of nine to ten percent for chronic early users. Now, uh, you've you've indicated, Doctor George, that uh, the earlier you start, the the worse the problem. So let's fast forward. So, uh, you know, the medical use of this, just around pain, as an example, with all the opioid problems we've heard about. Um, if we make the argument that we replace some of that opioid use with medical marijuana, what about the addiction factors for people that are sixty and seventy? using this? Does it, is it change now that you've got a mature brain and, uh, you know, you're uh, perhaps older in life and you haven't used it for your whole life? Yeah, excellent question. I, we don't know the answer to that. I mean, in preparation for this, I started doing a little bit of research where, you know, in the 90s and early 2000s, they started to do longitudinal studies where they found people 
you know, that have been using for 20, 25 years, and they started testing them. Uh, and there's no question uh, that those people had, uh, you know, memory issues, uh, their socioeconomic class was different, uh, their IQ, their job. There's lots of things that were not as good in that um, in that cohort than people that never used. Again, much lower THCs than people that started young. So to answer your question, I don't know because we don't have the studies right. on much higher THC levels starting in mature non-plastic brains of youth uh, going forward. Uh, I will tell you that I have seen way worse opioid alcohol issues mm -hmm. than I've ever seen in marijuana, but I also tend to see sicker patients in my practice. Right. And, and again, highlighting, I think, you know, that's a jaundiced view. There are probably many people that will have good outcomes. Right. Sure. So with all the, the conversation, and we'll focus on medical marijuana, why is this not being used as an alternative within the, the, the medical professions across the board? Because it's always, in, in my experience, and in, anecdotally speaking, it would be, you've got a problem, here's a, here's a prescription drug, and we'll see you at your next visit. Um, why, has, why don't doctors kind of weigh out the options of using an alternative like medical marijuana for whatever, the, whatever medical marijuana can help with? Well, two things. One, it's been illegal till recently, and I think as a profession, we're going to be very skeptical in using something that might get you into trouble. Two, the science is simply not there. And uh, if you're a good steward and you do best practice, you are going to wait until the evidence or a practice guideline is out before you go ahead and start prescribing your patients. And then three, it actually has been used for a very long time um, in healthcare uh, to various degrees of success and the literature is emerging. So I think people uh, should be reticent and just slow to pick up something that we hope will work because what you don't wanna do is, uh, you know, to talk about the last thing we talked about is to go and start prescribing opioids uh, without a little bit of oversight, which started happening 15, 20 years ago, and then create an issue that no one was trying to create, and that's mm -hmm. a whole bunch of people addicted on narcotics, and that's a slightly different issue, but it's the same thing as just be careful where you're going to run into because you don't know if you can run out of it. Yeah, I, and I think that, that uh, you know, proceed with caution, uh, in, certainly in your industry, in the medical industry, um, is... Uh, is wise. We haven't been able to get to all the questions that we had, Faisal, from uh, you know from last week's show. I'm sure we'll get more this week, and it's probably an ongoing conversation that we're going to have. Correct, uh, Doctor George. Want to thank you again for joining us. If you got, if you have any questions for Doctor George, because we had lots uh, uh, certainly on this one, send them to us at More Than Money uh, Radio. Go to the yeah. website, send them to us, and on we'll, this uh, topic or any other topic. That's right. right? We'll ask Doctor George. Thanks for joining us, Doctor George. All right. Have a great weekend, guys. All right. Before we sign off here. Uh, we've got an upcoming seminar um, that we're going to talk about healthcare, not necessarily, you know, cannabis use to support it, but we're going to talk about healthcare as an important asset class as well. Yeah, health is very important. Is what's going to happen as you age? Do you what kind of income do you need? Um, what's the government going to support with? And that all comes into the problem of will I run out of money? Will I have enough income to support my lifestyle throughout my retirement? We're going to cover all these types of topics and and also the issue of how do you profit and protect in, in volatile markets. That's going to be on Monday, June 19th, 7 p.m. at the Oak Ridge Co-op Wine and Spirits, 
Now you need to reserve your seat, so give us a call, 966-8400, 966-8400, or go to our website to register at morethanmoneyradio.com. Up next, don't miss our conversation about art. Whether you collect it or invest in it, you can listen to, uh, listen to what we have to say from an expert in Canada. You're on News Talk 770 and More Than Money. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada.